<laughs> Yo, great intro. <laughs> That's going on. For sure. Waka Flocka's debut single was created, how else, when he was drunk. His mother had long been worried about his behavior, how he'd get into these huge fights in clubs and start beasts with people he barely knew. But this time, after some drug deal went wrong, Waka was actually worried too. He wanted to change, he wanted to better himself, and he figured he was doing that when he started hanging out with Gucci Mane, though this was before Gucci Mane was sent to Fulton County Jail. So out of frustration, Waka drank and headed straight to the studio. Ola's Do It, the debut Flockavelli single that catapulted him to cult fame 10 years ago. Is Waka hyping himself back up in the kinetic crunk tradition of Pastor Troy, the soundtrack to his mind whenever he start those club fights? At that moment, the song was pure catharsis. But when Waka says that this is drug dealing music, I influence, he had no idea how right he'd be. This is the Something to Say podcast. Life do you have to be living that you go hang out with Gucci Mane to make things better? Shit. <laughs> God damn. That was the first thing I thought about. Like, yo, Gucci went to jail like nine times after mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Sheesh. That makes me think about all those kids that get in trouble in school. You need like a role model. Right. So you just send you to your uncle that's a lawyer or, you know, your aunt that's a doctor. They send him to Gucci. That's like sending somebody to detention to find their mental. <laughs> like, I want you to stay after school right. with all the bad kids and find someone to look up to. Because that's where you go. Because that's where you go. You know, role models. Yeah. I love the fact that he also got drunk and went to the studio. Like, that's what you do, right? Yeah, that's what you do. Yeah. Like, yeah. I want to get this off my chest. Probably got a bottle of Hennessy. Probably. Mm. This sound, all it do is sounds like a Hennessy song. Ooh. Yeah, it's yeah, brown yeah, liquor. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's not a Ciroc song. Yeah, yeah. no, no. You don't no. put on a button up shirt and like a, in a hard bottom shoes or listen to all that. Nah, nah, nah. That's definitely a Hennessy song. Straight brown liquor, the aggression, the energy. Tim's are Air Force Ones. That's yes. Only, black good. Air Force Black ones. Air Force Ones. Specifically Ooh. Black Air Force Ones. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys remember the first time you heard Oh, Let's Do It? I was probably late to it, but. Funny enough, like, the thing for me is that Waka Flocka, I was telling Job before you got here, yo, that uh, re-listening Waka Flocka Flame actually makes me feel, like, intensely nostalgic for reasons that I, like, completely forgot about. So I don't know if I remember the moment I heard this song exactly. But funny enough, Waka was coming, you know, he was coming up around the same time that I decided to move down to Atlanta. So... I remember that era very, very well. In fact, before I officially moved here, producer Mike Saba, you know, um, he was working for a music magazine and he had press credentials to see Gucci Mane be released from Fulton County Jail. And that was the time in 2010 where it's like Shawty Lowe was there, MTV News cameras were over here. And, you know, he was saying like, you know, I... You know, I messed up, but I'm really excited for the future. Somehow he had a brand new fresh haircut 
And he was really <laughs> excited for the future of his new signee, Waka Flock of Flame. And at that time, it was still kind of like, I remember people were still like trying to make fun of the name a little bit. Like, oh, isn't that a Muppet or something like that? People weren't ready. They weren't ready. No, no. What about you, Josh? Do you remember? I don't remember specifically, but I feel like because of the year that it was and like the time in my life, I feel like it had to have been at a strip club. Perfect. I'm almost positive that it had to have been either at Stroker's or Babes, maybe. Oh. Perhaps. Mm-hmm. But um, I just remember it sounding like violence. I just remember it sounding like, okay, so in the in the same vein as like three six tear the club up or one of those type of like this is that this is that new one of those yeah. where like this song comes on and some crazy shit is gonna happen in here the energy in here is just gonna be different and it was exciting it was like to get that kind of rush from hearing a wildly raucous rap song is something that I don't think I'll ever not love. I feel that. That rowdiness. That rowdiness that you just know. And maybe, I don't know if it was like that everywhere else. I mean, I know New York had like the tunnel and where they said like, you know, you go in a tunnel and a certain song come on, something bad might happen. You might get robbed, you might get stabbed, something might go on in here. Mob Deep had that reputation for a long time. Yeah, 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 for a long time where like you play this Mob Deep record, it's gonna go crazy in here. I don't know about LA or Miami, what they're if they had like a rowdy thing or a rowdy culture there, this song comes on and people act dumb. But I had been in enough clubs in Atlanta to know that this is one of those. Where I I had just graduated when all this to it dropped, I believe. I was graduating that year. And it was everywhere. Like I remember hearing it on the radio, I remember hearing it skatering everywhere I would go. But what I remember most about the song is a couple of years later, there's a rapper uh, named Chewy from San Fran, I believe. And he was in town. He was opening for, I think it was Freddie Gibbs. And they did like uh, a meet and greet in the city. So I was there with him. And we were having a discussion about like Waka. I don't know if you guys remember when Waka first came out. It was one of those things of like, what is, what is he saying? Yeah, what is yeah, this, yeah. What is yeah. Right. About? yeah. You know, it was like. It was almost like mumble rap back then, you right. know, just sure. the way how heavy his accent was and just just the way he's, he presented his words, they didn't seem as clear as like a J or a Dawes or what have you. And Chewy, him being from, you know, California, he was with me and my guys and we were talking. He was like, I don't understand how people didn't get that song. Who has not fucked their money up? And had to read. Yeah. Yeah. He started that, going yeah. line by yeah. line. <gasps> they locked my CEO up. Mm-hmm. Like, have you ever had a homie get jammed up In and you spot. had to figure out what you were going to do? Yeah. You know, like he was just going bar for bar as if it was like genius lit class. <laughs> Testament. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, oh my God, this is the greatest single of all time. Yeah. <laughs> like, just the way you presented it. And I, and I thought about just how iconic some of those lyrics are and oh, let's do it. And just how just that period of time like that angst that uncertainty that man like life is i just hit this rough patch and hearing you talk about how a, a bad drug deal and gucci's locked up and all this stuff is going on and he channeled 
all of that yeah. into this single. Like, of course it had to resonate. Of course. You I know. mean, I guess part of outside of what you're saying as far as people reacting to it, like, I guess the other part of how much it resonated was that on the remix, Puff had to get that whole cadence. Yeah, yeah. Like, Puff needed that whole cadence. Like, I could do, he could do that verse a million different ways, but he was like, if I don't use that cadence, it's not going to be as nope. hot as it's supposed to be. And I, I always respect Puff for understanding the Puff he has to bring to, certain to, to a certain record. He yeah, never, yeah. he never falls in that aspect. Yeah, like, no, for sure. Going, you're going to get the Puff, the yeah. one that you need. You I know. mean, you, when you get Puff, when when the song says featuring Puff Daddy, all you're really looking for is some classic, iconic shit talk. Yes. Like, that's really all you want. Like, yep. we know Puff doesn't rap. No one cares about Puff rapping. We just want to hear Puff say something that's going to make us be like, damn, yep. he got a lot of money. And I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and that's pretty much. Here's all the like, money you fucked yeah, over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got it right here in my hand. <laughs> Take that, take that, take that. Like, that's the whole MO. And he definitely brings that every single time around. Now, production, Lex mm. Luthor. Mm. Him coming in with just this hard, aggressive, dark sound. I feel like you cannot separate Lex's music or Lex's production style and Waka Flocka and how that song catapulted both of them into, like, the mainstream. Did Lex produce Ola Do It? Because I feel like um, oh. he did produce like the majority of Fog of Belly. He definitely oh, he did. Like, do I know? Did I looked not? it up. I looked it up too, and I was I was just as what? shocked as you were because the entire album sounds like it could have been made. I totally convinced myself that he produced that. That Virginia, but you know what? I mean, but that's the thing, right? It's like Waka Flocka and Lex Luger, who like didn't even live in the same state. Like they're so synonymous with one another. And yeah, though they're definitely attached to the That he may hit. as well have produced it. Right. He did Hard in the Paint. He did Hard, hard in the Paint, yeah. Oh, and he he did uh he did Grocery too, didn't he? Mm-hmm. I think he did Grocery and Hard in the Paint. Yep, and, yep, um, yep. What's the strip club record with Drake? Round of Applause. Oh, Round of Applause too, yeah. yeah. I think that, that was a thing. Later. Yeah, that would be that later would be on. Later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was, I think that's why like everything was so synonymous with him. Um, so who produced this? Some guy who died, I did not recognize. Oh, Eldon Beats? Yeah, no idea. Exactly. What happened to you, Eldon? Where did you go? Yeah, you would think like that. <laughs> like I mean, you he, would think that like this is the type of record that would like catapult right a producer's career. Because I mean, to your point, it definitely did that for Lex. Yeah, facts. Like, oh, I mean, just the trap sound was yeah. was prominent. The thing that I thought was interesting about uh, Lex Luger is that. I was reading I was reading an interview that he did with Fader. Okay. And he was talking about I mean he talked about a lot of stuff that I think is like worth diving into as far as his own personal struggles and you know how he dealt with trying to hustle up a career and having kids and being from out of town and all that kind of thing. But one of the things that he talked about was how he came up with his beats and having the recipe and you know being the fact that i guess he's a kid who came up around the time of limewire and you know being able to go on the internet and just download whatever you need to make whatever work Mm -hmm. and he was talking about sound kits and having a shawty red sound kit and having 
a uh, you know a sound kit from this producer and that producer yeah. and using those sounds and flipping them. And I guess the thing it made me think about was like, I don't know if you consider that sampling, but it's kind of it sounds like sampling. To, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the concept of it sounds like sampling to mm-hmm. me. And it was just interesting that he was openly talking about I'm using these sounds of these other producers of you know sounds that are out there. And the way that's looked at versus, you know, last week how Logic goes on Twitter and he like has a whole spaz out about sampling and not being oh, able to get sample right. clears and that, and that uh-huh. whole thing. And I don't know, like, I guess it just made me wonder, like, should people be getting paid for their sounds or the way they use a sound? I mean, they do. They do technically get paid. But the way that I feel like that micro economy works is that it's like you're just paying for like a tutorial as opposed to like a beat. Like usually when you're getting like tight beat or whatever, it's so like, you know, it's a way for up and coming rappers to, you know, just kind of get stuff on the cheap. And then meanwhile, I think like for producers, it's like they're sort of like way in. Right. I don't think it's really treated as like sampling, as you say, which I right. feel like is something that people more readily understand. Yeah. like a whole, I guess there's a difference between a whole loop Mm-hmm. Or a whole section of music that's already created, as opposed to the sounds that made that. It's just, I guess, it was just weird to me that the sum, the sum is much greater, is much more valued than the parts. Yes. Ooh. And I don't know, does that really? To me, I don't know if logically that makes any sense to me. Yeah. Like right. obviously, someone has to compose music in a certain mm-hmm. kind of way for it to sound like something, but. Without those sounds, because you compose it, it's like a chicken or egg thing. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. I feel like um, Lex Luger sort of became like an early case study for how modern trap producers, by the way, of like Metro Boomin and Mike Will Mated, would sort of learn to kind of like put their beats together. Because I remember I interviewed, oh, well, I've interviewed both of them, but I feel like at some point during the conversation, it usually comes down to like, well, I keep my vault like completely shut off from everybody else's because they treat their shit as like proprietary stuff. Right. So that's those parts, as you talk about, are totally, you know, invaluable to like their work and whatever they do. And they're digging for it in the same way that you're might be crate might have been crate digging however many years ago. But, you know, for whatever reason, maybe it's because we're coming up on the MySpace age or maybe it's because music is being devalued as it's going increasingly digital. Maybe that's why people don't think of it right. as such. In that, in that kind of way, because yeah. I just think the way he was saying it, I was like, if he was talking about samples, he was talking about records that he just went and just took and then just like did all this manipulation with it and made these records like every single artist every single publishing company would be reading that interview like we're going to get that money we're going to get that money uh-huh. we're going to get that money uh-huh. like you couldn't just say that i just t- i took pharrell's drums and then just did this with it and if we, that, that could not be a thing but yeah you know in this kind of uh i guess in that space that you're talking about where it's just not looked at that same kind of way I, mm-hmm. free, free reign yeah do what you're gonna do right kind of right. reminds me of collage art where you take mm. all these different pieces and you shape them into something new. Right. And usually when you look at a collage, you don't get the references or you might not get right. all the references and it, it becomes almost like a treasure hunt. You know, if you, if you know, you know, yeah. if you don't, then you're just looking at an original piece in its own way. And I kind of feel like Lex was making original pieces out of the sum of many parts. Right. 
So it's really interesting. I mean, I think too with Southern rap, it's so easy for a style to become uh, the norm. You know, like the Migos flow, even with like Walker super crunk. When I hear, you know, uh, oh let's do it, I hear, you know, BMF. Ross. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, another Lux Leader. MC Hammer. Um, yeah. This is all these beats and all these styles of, of artists that heard what Walker was doing and heard what that style was and was like, I wanna do that too. Like I wanna I wanna put my spin on it. I wanna add to the the lexicon of, of what that's what it's building. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, it just seems very natural for you to hear something into the not necessarily just take it but figure out how you can put your spin on it right right and i mean that sound even today as i was listening to the album like flock it still comes across as like incredibly distinct right because i guess it's coming after a time where trap is sort of reconfiguring itself to where you get you know gucci gz ti and that isn't to say that Waka Flocka's album sounds like the most highest produced or anything mm. like that, or that it sounds particularly expensive. But I guess because of Lex Luger's like outsized like production style, it kind of felt like trap music was going to like some logical extreme that we hadn't even like fully explored yet. It was just For like, sure. okay, track could be like mosh pit shit. We yeah. didn't know this. Nobody we, yeah. knew this. Right. Yeah, we thought, yeah, I guess you think of it, you think of trap, at least in like the T.I. incarnation and the, you know, yeah. the, the UGK, A-Ball, it's like street corner music. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's not mosh pit. It's not exactly. rave. It's not that. It's like specifically on the street, on the corner, yes. or, you know, maybe in a club, but like outside the club, they're selling drugs. Like there's some <laughs> element of like, you know, of of criminality, I guess, to like what trap music was about. And yeah, it definitely has nothing to do with that I at mean, this point. And like even it can, but it doesn't have to. Walker said, you know, drug dealing music, but this isn't the same, you know, dope boys in the trap. No, nah, it's totally different. Gave, it's not pocket full know. of stones. No, it's not, not, at it's all. not any no, of that. Man, yeah. Like this is you've done some drugs and you're in the party and right. Right. it's super turned up. But like I've always kind of had this feeling that Flockavelli is the trap music Illmatic, and that Let's Do It is Woo. New York State of Mind. Yeah, I know it's like that's a that's a crazy take. Wow. But I always felt like the same way that Illmatic changed the escape and changed the way rappers even put their words together. Mm. I feel like after Let's Do It, after Flockavelli, we saw that next era of trap music get ushered in, right. and how influential that was. So, I mean, obviously, you can't just say everything's automatic, but I feel like that same impact can be sourced back to that album, to those singles. Well, what's crazy about it is that in the same interview, um, Lex was talking about how much pressure he felt because the sound got so popular and his phone was blowing up so crazy. It's like everybody wants this sound. Yeah. And I guess at the time, in my mind, as a fan, I'm like, yeah, I want more Lex Luger. Like, I would put that shit on as yes. many people yeah. as you can put it on. Like, wherever it works, <laughs> put that shit out there. Jeezy, Ross, Jay-Z, Kanye, whoever. Just give it to everyone who sounds good on it and, and let them, like, do whatever they're going to do. Yes. But I guess the other side of that coin is that, you know, he said that, I guess, once he got Fruity Loops, it kind of changed his whole process of making beats where it was taking him a long time before now he could do 
10, 15, 20 beats a day. I'm just running through them and, and having that recipe. Mm-hmm. And I guess the, the the to your point as far as how it ushered in this sound, he was doing them so fast and he was talking about his recipe, what him and Southside called the recipe. And he was just basically saying that, not that he wasn't working hard, but it was almost like it was plug and play for him. Yeah. yeah. I have these sounds. Right. You know, and it's not like Lex Luger beats necessarily. They are distinct in that they're not all the same, mm-hmm. but a lot of them have a lot of the same elements. Right. You knew a Lex Luger beat as soon as you heard it, if you Absolutely. knew Lex Luger's beat. So it was. It kind of got to the point where if you have everyone doing this sound and it was so easy to give away, like, what makes it special? Yeah. yeah. And I felt like his music, his sound was given away and used in probably more than you would say like a Timberland or Pharrell. Of course, there were always fake Timberland beats and fake Pharrell beats, Yeah, but I never felt like their sound proliferated the entire music scape in the same kind of way that this thing did, because it didn't matter if you were Rick Ross or if you were just some no-name rapper that just wanted a beat that had a machine gun snare pattern and some hard 808s. Like, mm-hmm. you got a piece of that. Right. I mean, for one thing, like, Timbaland and Pharrell, I mean, they did the whole thing where they just thought they would produce everything. It was like they cloned themselves, I guess. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, right, right. So that's pretty convenient. Yeah. I feel like with, with Alex Luger, I think the tendency is to think that just because you're doing something fast... Because there was a New York Times article that said, like, Lex Luger can make a beat in the time it will take you to write this article or something. Or read right. this article oh, or something. crazy. Yeah. So, like, so I guess what I'm saying is that even though Lex Luger is making a song fast, like, we tend to forget that just because it's quick to produce doesn't mean it's, like, easy to do. Because right. if anything, you think about the artiste who spends, like, a million years trying to craft something and he's like languishing over it he's like belaboring it and everything because he's overthinking the shit Mm -hmm. because but then you know then you come to realize that as long as you keep just turning the shit out you're getting the practice that you need as long as you're like completing something then you're probably accomplishing way more than the one artist who spends however many years trying to perfect one beat Doing that really one think. piece that's supposed to be pristine in whatever kind of way exactly. that they think it is. Yeah. Exactly. And listening to um and listening to like going through like Lex Luger's uh like I guess greatest hits for lack of a better term, I was listening to Teflon Don. Oh my god. And, and first off, oh are you a BMF person or a MC Hammer person? BMF. 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 Yeah. That's Gemini energy. Yeah, for it, you. Has to be. it has to be. <laughs> I think so. Here's the thing: I couldn't really fully decide for one reason, because as I'd probably say BMF, but as I listen more to MC Hammer, well, first of all, I thought that MC Hammer was, I think I liked the references. Okay. More because like BMF was like actual drug dealers, mm-hmm. and. Okay, that was like the easy thing to do, but I feel like Ross went out of his way to do like too legit to quit, and uh, I think he said another line in there about what is it? Uh, MC Hammer about my cream and like getting money and losing money and all clever. that. He was trying to be a little bit more yeah. clever, but the thing about it was that it really struck me was that I think if I did the math right, I think it was the first time he rapped about lemon pepper. <laughs> 
and I feel like that song set off his whole wave to owning wing stops. And yeah, I was about to like, say his version of that of Manifest Destiny. Yes, yeah, yes. So like when he says this thing about lemon pepper, I'm like, holy shit! He went on to own like I think the article I read said by the end of 2015 he owned like 25 wing stops. So I'm like, damn, if this one song, if Lex Luger contributed to Rick Ross's whole, like, wing stop empire, that would be amazing. You think he needs stock? I think he should have got a little He should have gotten I stock. think he should have got a little piece. Listen, he's from, like, Suffolk, Virginia. That's country Virginia. Yeah, he was you like You better this. take every single opportunity <laughs> he, he can get. get to do that shit. Yeah, man. I don't even Suffolk would have a wing stop. Correct me if I'm wrong. Wow. That Pre- seemed like the type of Probably place. not. These are important questions. These are important questions need to be answered. Like, is there a wing stop in, in Suffolk, Virginia? And if right. not, why? Right. right. Why right. is there not one? I mean, it's funny because, like, Lex and Waka almost have, like, similar trajectories, right? Because I feel like as Lex's sound is becoming, like, increasingly popular, like, Waka Flocka was followed by up by, like, a Chief Keef yep. and stuff yeah. like that. And now you just have this whole other level of, like, just, like, brutalist rap, like, s- sort of becoming, like, in vogue. And I don't know if Waka had a chance to capitalize on, like, having a long-term career. I mean, he had a long moment, yeah. but and he was able to kind of pivot into different pockets and different spaces. But I don't know if that same excitement when he first came out to that carry throughout the years. Well, I mean, I think part of that is, like, I think you've seen the bag on the other side. The bag on you the mean other on the side. other side of the festival? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> like when when you start getting the when I think when Walker realized that <laughs> would make him way more money than round of applause. I feel like he was like, okay, I'm gonna go hang out with them and do this, and I'm gonna go like be with Steve Aoki and, like and Lil John. And Lil John, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, like Lil John did the same thing in the yeah. sense that like he has been having like Vegas residency yeah. since before like rappers were taking them on. Like For sure. he clearly saw like where shit was heading, and he was like, you know what, I'll see you oh. there. Yeah, but at least John like rolled out Crunk for like yeah. a few years. So how like, generous of him. How generous of him to like <laughs> dwell with the commoners for a while before he runs off and goes gets a ridiculous amount of money. And he, he coined it. He gave a sound a name. And then right. they would flock. He tried different ways of trying to coin it, like crunk rap. Yeah. Or, you know, trying to say like, I don't care about lyrics. It's about, you know, oh, right. bag mm-hmm. and expressing this energy. But I don't know if he ever had like coined it in a way where we can look at Oh, let's do it a hard and pain and say that's flock. You know, yeah. whatever, whatever his turn would have been. I think it could yeah. just be Flocka. You think or it like just the Flocka? You know, yeah. how like how many ad libs does he have in this album? Like <laughs> oh, you could man. name the Countless. style any yeah. one of those. Countless. Listen. You know, but Chicago had drill, right? That uh-huh. was the thing that they had a name to umbrella this sound, this style, and everything. And I think with Lex and um, Waka, it just being trap kind of placed it in a moment but it doesn't allow us to have these wings that crunk did yeah that drill did you know like everyone that was doing drill music got a deal mm-hmm. but if you were doing like trap style flocking music you might not have been able to get pinpointed like that because everything was like oh you just made a lex type beat mm-hmm. and yelled over it like it's not the same kind of uh recognition yeah plus his trap i feel like it's almost unfair to call it trap even though we call it trap because i don't like musically, 
like okay, it can be similar to Jeezy or whoever else yeah, rapping like over those kind of beats. But I never got that type of feeling from any other trap rapper that you would call a trap never. rapper. Never. Like Ti might have gotten close a couple times with the rowdiness, but like he, he never okay. he never got all the way there. Mm. He never to me. He never got all the way where Waka was at. As far as like, this isn't just trap music. This is like bar fight music. Exactly. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Remember hurt, hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah, was yeah. definitely bar fight. That's music. a bar fight. That's what yeah. I'm trying to say. Right. So it's like that's not even really about trap in whatever incarnation <laughs> you want to call it. But I wouldn't call it crunk either, because like when I think of crunk, I still think I don't think of violence necessarily. I just think of excitement. Yeah. Jumping yeah. up and down, shoulders moving, bouncing, that kind of thing. When I think of Waka Flocka, I think of violence. Yeah, it's like a <laughs> like <monster>. chairs and stools <laughs> go flying across over your head and like somebody gets punched in the face right. and there's a big comic book like whack that comes yeah. across the screen and like there's it's right. that type of thing. There's blood. There's blood. blood. Yeah, there's blood. Like it's that kind of music. Someone's it's blood. blood. It's somebody's right. blood. Don't know who's. Yeah, I don't right. think I feel like nobody else really got to that peak of the mountain mm-hmm. with the yeah. sound. I mm. wish I wish they would have coined it as bar fight music because it's exactly yeah, what it was. Like, you should have been that. going to bars and just starting fights. And just starting fights. Just play that song. Yeah. We can fuck this whole place up and then we're going to have that go viral. Or whatever <laughs> viral <laughs> was in 2000. Yeah, yeah, whatever that would have been. MySpace yeah. viral. My, yeah, MySpace viral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this is something... Okay, I'm glad you bring up viral because as you guys were talking about, I guess, like, the extent of Waka Flocka's influence. I don't think it's the most obvious thing in the entire world, but hear me out. I've, there's a couple things that I think of. I think of OG Mako. Yes. Okay, yeah. I think of that. And the reason why I think of OG Mako was because... Man, that's violence. That is violence. <laughs> that's violence. That's that, the kind of shit I'm talking about. That was about. Hotel Elevator violence. Yeah. Yes. Wow, I need to play that song again. Okay. Man. The re- okay, so the reason why I thought of OG Maka was then because there was a song where Waka hopped on a remix and it was for Keith Apes, Itchy Ma. And I remember that was the first time where people were like, oh shit, Koreans can trap now? They're doing trap music? Uh, do you remember when that song came out? Like yes. originally, like there was the whole controversy where, you know, like o- uh, OG Mako accused him of like plagiarism and like things like that. But same sort of vibe, same sort of violence, but everything ended up being okay. And of course, it's like, Waka hops in the remix because who else is supposed to do that? Of course. Which then brings me to um, earlier this week when I was at Buckhead Theater. I'm never at Buckhead Theater, but the reason why I was there was because I was seeing Higher Brothers. If you guys are familiar with that rap, Higher group. Brothers. So they are a rap group out of Chengdu, okay. China, and the reason why they be- they became viral was because their label, 88 Ryzen, very smartly did a couple of videos um, with like Rich Chigga, but also Higher Brothers, where like, it was like American rappers reacting to their signees. It's like, oh man, they're rapping in Chinese, but they can, you know, do the Migos flow too. And they had Migos on there and all that type of stuff. While I was at that show, it was like United Colors of Benetton, moshing. (laughs) Like really? people of all creeds and colors, I had never seen so many like tall shaggy dudes like just trying to like mosh. <laughs> it had been years, but like it, and and then at the same time you have like women who I could have seen at like a Gangsabu show like however many mm-hmm. years ago. But yeah, it was that same sort of energy, and I feel like I was. It reminded me of Flockavelli today. I was like, holy shit. Okay, That's so crazy. there are still people sort of seeking that shit out. Well, who's the violent rapper today? 
Like who who right now? This is such an existential question. Yeah, like who is that person that can? Because I don't I don't see that person that can give me that kind of energy right now. What? Young nudie. I haven't been to a nudie show. Oh man, yeah, I, I haven't been to a young nudie show. Yeah, man, I need to go to a nudie show. But, when I listen to nudie's music. I think of violence like real violence. Like <laughs> kick your door off the fringe hinges and like shoot everybody inside. Yeah, like it's not fun. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, but like I don't I don't know where that. I know Jid gets a good mosh pit going. Yeah, yeah, you know, you yeah, found yeah, that yeah. out. Yeah, I found that out yeah, at Dreamville. He gets he gets a good mosh pit going, but I don't know who that who Ferg for a while. Okay, Ferg. That's why. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. I, that yes. that might be the person right now that gives you. I don't know if he's had a recent record that really turns things up, but like his shows, from what I've seen in footage. They, he has the singles that always go up very high energy mm-hmm. and he just kind of finds those pockets yeah. that just lifts you up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's like the first one to come to mind. Yeah, yeah I mean, when, sure that, oh, you know who else maybe? And on, a, on a different degree though, because I don't know if he's probably not anywhere, not even probably, he's definitely not on the same type of wavelength as, as Waka was, but maybe Denzel Curry. Okay, hmm. yeah, I can see I that. See I feel it. like Denzel Curry has some some rowdy violence i need to go to a show yeah i like this i would like to see that live i've seen festivals but that's kind of different space i need to see that in a more closed in space someplace where there's four <laughs> walls and no one can go anywhere and you just <laughs> whatever happens to you just has to happen to you that's, that's okay yeah, you, you just got prison <laughs> <laughs> it's not gonna any rap shows prison go, fight. Like, yeah yeah let's not go to the rap show or prison. Right, no, the f- okay after some thought i remember that like mike and i saw travis scott open for rihanna this is before yeah, he got very lynchian you know like with sicko mode and things like that but i remember being really impressed that like he was able to like start some shit like in a big arena mm-hmm. that was the main thing travis scott shows are different yeah. they just different yeah, 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 yeah. like he convinces people to do some wild stuff that they probably shouldn't think about, like jumping off balconies. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know what possessed you to do that. I don't know what he said on that stage that, that made, made you, you say, feel like you know what? Yeah, three stories, no problem. Nothing. You're Nothing. in sicko mode. That's yeah. exactly what he said. <laughs> uh, you mentioned viral when you were talking about Flocket, and I don't know if you guys remember this. And I know this was very early social media as far as like Twitter and stuff, but this video had to be viral. Uh, Baraka Flock of Flame. Oh, yeah. You remember yeah, that? Absolutely. Was that was like a parody version. It was a guy that kind of like Obama. You don't remember this? No. He, he resembled Barack Obama. Okay. And he <laughs> he had a shot of music video mm-hmm. for was it, Oh, Let's Do It. Oh, Let's Do It, yeah. And it looked like, like it, was, it was like a presidential campaign video, too. So it was like this huge parody that was... Like I said, viral. I saw it everywhere. And this is 2009, 2010 maybe. Mm-hmm. But it was just like on YouTube. It was a huge deal. And I kind of miss that. I kind of miss when Waka was like, yo, we got to make a parody of this. Oh, my God. I can't God. remember the last time rap had that kind of fun where it was so outrageous. It's like, we got to make a parody of something like this. So you're saying that Barack Obama... What Barack Obama and Waka Flocka have in common yeah. is that they inspired a resurgence of hope and change. Yes. yes. Wow. Yes. And they wanted to do it. 
So I don't know how we're gonna edit this. We can figure it out later on, but I'm going to. You need to see. Yeah, I need you to see this. Yeah, line. you need to see I this. Know, you gotta take it back because you got saw the MMG. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a whole. They were very serious about this thing. All right, here we go. Oh, oh. This is on World Star. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, this is old World Star too. <gasps> You've never seen this. Oh, hold wow, on. This is. Oh. Wow. Hold like on, is this the one? Is this the one? I don't think. Hold on. Nah. I've seen enough. You've that's seen enough. That, he said that's that is the that is the general idea of Barack nah, Flock of Flame. He definitely made like three of them. Like there was like a uh, ongoing series of videos, but I vaguely remember the first one being a parody of "Oh, Let's Do It." Yeah. Wow. And, and that going viral. Yeah, you like World Star back then. Yeah. That was, hey, well, World Star's was in his place prime. You would go for that kind of content, and it would just have like ten million views. So, so yeah, but like that just kind of reminds me of just how when something's that big, it's like, man, we need parody videos, we need everything associated with this brand, yeah, of hip hop. I, mean, I guess that's when you really in hip hop. I feel like that's when you know that you've kind of reached a certain type of level. When you get yeah. when you get the yes. parody, and the parody is like some type of pop culture parody, it's like a parody that just stays in the same space that you that your hit song was it's like no this parody is going out to the rest of the world who may not even heard the song before mm -hmm. but they've seen this parody video of someone else doing your song snl like, migos yeah. right that's yeah. what right. Like, oh the migos yeah. have arrived right they're right. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly you gotta kind of have that moment to recognize you know what i have arrived man not a perfect analogy but also northwest doing her take on Old Town Road before the actual video dropped. No, no that that's pretty accurate. Nope, definitely counts. That, kind of, that counts. <laughs> counts. Did she, I think she directed that too. She directed her own video. Listen, man. Yeah, I don't that know. was the most words I've ever heard Northwest say. Facts. Yo, I don't, I've never heard Northwest talk really. And so, the first time I really heard her talk was doing the Old Town Road song. Celebrity kids don't say nothing. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think you're allowed to talk until you can like fuck up your life. Right. Like, like, can you, like if you can't Instagram live, then you can't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's really the point of you that. talking? Yeah, what, you talk, what, you, what words could you possibly have to say that would matter? I just saw DJ Khaled's cover for his album. His son's on there. And I was like, whoa, that kid blew up fast. Yeah. And I've never heard him speak. Yeah, never no heard him speak. Clue, but I know he's like 15. Now, right? Looks like he's in high school. <laughs> Yo, for sure. Like, he's gotta be like, yeah, to get his he's driving, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can finally cash in on those stocks. Yeah, yeah. I think Khaled has some type of like accelerated program. <laughs> All these kids do, man. Yeah, it's different. so fast. Yeah, because Blue Ivy is definitely like 26. Yeah, she's graduating this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like I'm a whole ass person. Yeah, yes, I'm trying yes, to get a press yes. release to attend the graduation. To attend Blue Ivy graduation. <laughs> Since you said Mike attended Gucci get out of prison, I've been so upset. Like, yeah. I, I don't get invited to those things. Yeah, I was gonna go. You had to get press credentials <laughs> to attend <laughs> to attend a rapper getting out of prison. That's yeah. crazy. I still got the press release. Do you? He still does. That's Can I see that, crazy. Can I see that, please? Because I've never been to that. I've been to shows. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's never different. Never been to a thing. prison release. Is it like an album release? Yeah, I've Is got it? lanyards from a lot of places. I got bands from a lot of places. I had no idea that there was like top flight security 
at a prison release. It was, was very much like one of those like company conference calls where you hear what's coming up in the next quarter. Yeah. It was like one of those that. type of deals. This is the new direction we're taking things in. And that's exactly what he said with Walker. Yo. Wow. Damn. Wasn't an open bar? Open bar? Yeah. In front of Fulton County? <laughs> Jail? <laughs> yeah, that prison? Would be, that would be dope. They had a DJ in an open <laughs> bar. People's in there getting getting drinks, just waiting for Gucci to come out come out of prison. That would be fire. Yo, next time somebody goes to prison, we're definitely putting one of those together. We're definitely, definitely putting. Who's got to go to jail? Who's gonna go to jail? We're not hey. gonna do it for six nine. No, we're not doing Kodak, it maybe for Kodak. Yo, for sure. And there'd be like some type of open bar situation. I think gets out of I'm not going. NBA Listen, I'm not attending that one. NBA young boy is definitely on the list of He's people. He's on the list of people that might, might go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He might go to jail. Like anyone that wears black Air Force Ones, we can start to know oh down. Put it, put it down. Like, yo, any yeah. day now, you might go to prison for right. a while. We so have let's, opportunity let's have to the pull press release off. ready to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, like that it. is enough out of the summer. We took it too far. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we went off the rails a little bit, but that's what that's what we're here for. Shout out to our new times. Patreon supporter, Sherrod. Um, I appreciate me- you, Sherrod. Thank yes, you. Yes. In the meantime, of Put course, on it. yes. Uh, if you all, if you too want to be a supporter, mm-hmm. you can go to patreon.com slash something to say. And of course, if you haven't subscribed and rated this podcast already, please go ahead and do so. In the meantime, I guess you know, just revisit Flockabilly. It's it's a work of art. Yeah, yeah it's classic. Don't punch uh, a hole in your wall. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. I don't know. I think you need the hole. That's a part of the aesthetic. You can That's fix true. a hole. You can. She'll never forget having that. Having, oh, let's do it. Comes on and, and you hit punch the a hole. Wall. That's a story to tell. Yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. Do punch a hole in your wall. Do it for the story. Absolutely punch a hole. But own the house. In your wall. That's my Jay Z ownership. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, don't put yourself in a situation where you're gonna go to like right. Put, you know, like if the lease is up in a couple of months, don't do it. I yeah. think the aesthetic will then be called like minimalist monastery. Yeah. yeah. It'd be like open concept. Like if you have a wall that you don't want anymore, just play <laughs> Walker and what just punch the shit out down. of that wall. Punch that shit down. You have a brand new uh, eating space. Fuck HGTV. Breakfast foyer, courtesy of Walker Flocker.